Good evening and welcome to episode 128 of La Magicast. I'm your host, Scott Monroe. Uh, we are going to be talking about Spezia Neil, Roma 1, a Tammy Abraham 98th, 99th minute penalty to win the game in Liguria yesterday. We also will be talking about the Europa, no, the UEFA Euro, uh, conference draw, which uh, Roma got uh, Vitesse Arnhem. Uh, we do have two listeners' questions, actually one from uh, our producer, Sam. And uh, with me tonight, I've got James. How are we? Fine, thank you. And Imran, how are we? Good, sir. Thank you. The uh, the trio is back together. Uh, <laughs> and we've actually got some positivity uh, on to talk about this week on the pod it's been a bit doom and gloom and rightly so we we like to uh, be a bit real talking about roma this season so yesterday <laughs> well true <laughs> you get the, the realism uh, but it may it may hit us on social media at all i, could, n- I couldn't n- resist sorry <laughs> nah, it's fine <laughs> it's true though um, yeah. but yesterday roma got a result in the end uh, to be honest i actually thought they played pretty well um the luck wasn't with them they hit what the post twice um providal turned into prime buffon from 2004 2005 2006 et al um i even thought the penalty was not going to be given when zaniola got kicked in the face and actually draw blood um he had to actually draw blood to get a foul i'm still amazed that wasn't given but they got in there got the result and it actually proved to be a pivotal result because what two and a bit hours later Napoli pulled out a result to take them top of the table and they beat Lazio which meant Roma stayed sixth um but the but Atalanta are playing Sampdoria now um and Atalanta are one-ups and Atalanta are uh, Roma's next uh, opponents at the Olympico on Saturday. So that's a, a good win going ahead. Uh, James, I'll start off with you and then I'll come to Imran afterwards. Um, they made us wait. It was, it was a true Roma style performance. I think a lot of <sighs> hodgepodge, but I actually thought they played pretty well. What were your thoughts on the performance? A 99th minute penalty, uh, <laughs> a bit of pandemonium and chaos in the end. Uh, yeah, James, what were your thoughts on the performance? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, overall, I would say it was definitely an improvement on what we've seen recently, particularly just the sheer number of chances that were created and some of them were quite good chances as well um i'm thinking particularly that header that tammy abraham sent wide in the second half that should have scored should have uh, yeah. he certainly should have at least tested that that incredible goalkeeper <laughs> and uh, some of the shots that that goalkeeper saved were um uh really excellent so we really forced you know forced him into some work um uh, sometimes we're a bit imprecise in attack. Some of the final passes and the, particularly the finishing could have been better. A bit unfortunate. I mean, Pellegrini in particular hitting the post. Uh, I'm not sure if the goalkeeper actually, I can't remember if I saw a replay, whether he got a touch on that. Is that the first ball. half? Yes. So, yeah, yeah. He, say, he, he got a Providale got a finger, yeah. a hand to it, sorry. Yeah, so it probably would have been a goal had not um, had not he made that intervention. But overall, yeah, and I think um, one thing as well, you know, some of the players who have been 
come in for criticism recently, played very well. Cristante played particularly well. Some of his passing was excellent. I barely recall him losing possession, actually. And he played some really nice passes. And um, Tammy Abraham, I would say, was... um, yeah, he, he had probably a negative performance, although redeemed himself with the uh with the uh by putting away the penalty kick in a very, very and what was a brilliant penalty kick, incidentally, given that it was um so much pressure, you know, basically it's it's uh you know, that, that kick is decides the game, you know. So um overall I, I think positive I mean one thing I think we do have to, you know, one footnote here is Spezia, obviously they played, uh, what, half, basically, entire half with 10 players after the red card. So you have to take that into account for their lack of ambition. And also they, um, I think, I know Patricio made one good save in the second half yeah. from a, a counter-attack, but... Um, you know, they were quite weak, really, overall. And it was, you know, if we think back to the game they played against us at the Olympico, you know, they weren't very impressed, particularly impressive in that game either. So, um, uh, you know, it was a game really we we badly needed to win. And um, But overall, I'm because of the opponent and the difficulty we had in not so much in creating chances, but in... Fo- you know, finishing them. Uh, I, I'm not sure how much difference it make. It's going to make. You know, hopefully, hopefully, it can be the start of some momentum in what is going to be a crucial last uh, three months of the season. But um, uh, yeah, so overall, I was very pleased with the performance. Very frustrated, obviously, until the penalty kick. Um, and I, I would say that when it came to the penalty kick, that foul on Zaniolo um, was quite difficult to spot, I think, because there were so many players Quite involved. Easy, yeah. And, yeah. yeah, it wasn't easy to, to spot. So, But obviously, as you mentioned, it was a clear, clear foul. So, uh, you know, in a way, uh, justice was done. But so um, some things to uh, remedy and, uh, you know, in terms of finishing. but. Hopefully, as well, winning a game like that in those circumstances will give some confidence ahead of Saturday's very important game. Do you, do you think that Calvin Amian deserved to be sent off? Do you think that second yellow card was maybe a little bit too soft and a little bit harsh? I did, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was harsh. I think the second one in particular was, uh, you know, uh, I think sometimes you see referees, you know, when they know the player is already on a yellow card. They will, the second one can't be a, a soft one. You know, it has to be mm. a, a, and I think, yeah, I mean, I think if, if that had been the other way, we'd, uh, we'd be complaining to be honest. I will say that because um, the first one was, I would say it was, what was it? The hand to Zaleski's face. And then the second one was maybe a shirt pull or, or a body grab on Pellegrini. I thought yeah. if, if Amian wasn't sent off, excuse me, <clears throat> Agudelo could have been sent off in the second half of that challenge on um, Zaleski for his second yellow because I think he picked up a yellow in the first half yes, and then he did, he, yeah. he did a very naughty foul right in front of the linesman and then Fabri didn't book him for the second. Yeah, I think I think he would have got more problems with Thiago Motta. Um, 
Imran, what were your thoughts on yesterday's performance? Um, do you echo what me and James said? I, I've got an excellent stat for afterwards, which I posted in our WhatsApp group about RXG, which was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I, I think that it was uh, it was a good performance. It was a very good performance. Uh, even before Spezia got a man sent off, I think we played well. We dominated, and I think uh, this is the dominance that uh, we've been talking about in the previous episodes. This is something we've been highlighting that Roma needs to play, and this is also a point where uh, I believe that you don't need champions to play this way i mean i mean a lot a lot of people have said that you know the squad is not good enough uh you know they're mentally weak or blah 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 i know we just played spezia but it's not the game in itself it's the way we play it's the way we dominated i mean you have to go out and it's just not, it's not just a question of attitude or, or or something like that it's it's the preparation uh the players knowing exactly what to do uh so if we can do it uh you know in a game like that, the one yesterday, I, I don't understand why we shouldn't do it more often. Because if if we can build on that, because if you look at the team yesterday, you can you can even if it would have ended uh, zero zero, you would have understood that this team tried to play in a particular way. You would have understood that this team actually um, what they were trying to do, but uh, we didn't see. It as much of that, uh, let's say, against Genoa, that was so much more labored. While as for yesterday, uh, I didn't feel like it was as labored because it was more uh, it was more dominant. And we need to see more performances like that because we have the quality, we have the players. We just need to, just need to play like that. It, one factor could be that Spezia were, were full, playing full Catanaccio and probably had a plan to open up more in the second half because they have been uh, they have been playing like that against the bigger sides and they got that's how they got their points against Milan because they were just playing full blown Catanaccio and then got a chance uh, somewhere in the end uh, but um, yeah a harsh red card i would say but the penalty was uh, fully deserved and uh, and some of the misses yesterday, it was, God, it was yeah. incredible. <laughs> I mean, it was unbelievable because it felt as if though that you know the ball just didn't want to go in, no matter what mm. we were doing. And I, I wouldn't say that. Uh, for once, I would say that we were unlucky, but. Uh, I know people have brought up expected goals before and we've spoken about that. But, you know, I, I know that you haven't been convinced either, but if I speak for myself, I, I, were, I wasn't convinced uh, in the other games where we had higher expected goals mm. uh, because I, 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 didn't, I didn't believe that we were playing good enough. We weren't dominant enough. Uh, while as for yesterday, I think it's, uh, it was quite the opposite. And, and this, is why, uh, this is why I believe that Mourinho doesn't need the champions to play that way. I know it's it's just one game, but you still have an idea, an identity. You know what you're trying. It was a clear, it was a clear plan. And if you dominate like that, of course, adding players to it will make it easier. It will it will give you some other qualities, consistency. You can play like that against better sides. While yesterday we did it against you know one of the bottom sides. So. 
so I think that that proves a point that we've been trying to make that this team can play like that, and uh, I don't I don't see why they shouldn't play like that. Now, expecting that uh, to happen on Saturday against Atalanta is perhaps too, too, a bit too much to ask mm. for, but uh, there are many other sides that they can dominate in that way uh, because you know it, it was just something about uh, it, it was just something about the whole game. You knew that things were happening uh they were applying pressure in a, in a certain way um the uh the, the whole there was a red line uh, throughout the game in what they were trying to do and uh, it, it was i was very happy to see that and i hope that uh we can continue to 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 play in that way and if that's the case then i think Maureen has done a good job and this this has been one of the you know uh one of the things that we have criticized about him uh, and yeah, uh, so you have to give him credit where when it works. We just hope for the consistency now because the team has proved that it can play this way. So 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 that's good. Yeah. Um, this is a general question for both of you. Do you think? I don't think he got his substitution spot on. I know he, he had his uh, his right hand man, uh, the assistant manager. <coughs> excuse me, froggy throat. Um, in the. Uh, because um, Jose and Thiago Pinto was it, and, and another were watching on the bus. Um, I think he got it spot on taking Mancini off at halftime and bringing on the attacker and actually going for it and not being stodgy with the three-five-two against playing against a team where they're going to sit nine men behind the ball and then have Inzola and then maybe Giassi when he came on as your two focal points up top and then Agudelo took probably run up the pitch and create space but did you think both for both of you sorry uh, did you think that Jose and et al his, his members of staff got his substitutions right he got his probably his tactics right in the second half because Roma actually looked pretty good going forward was it 30 chances created I think Providell made 10 saves and I will bring this up now because Imran mentioned xg roma's xg was 4.56 and they won one nil with a 99th minute penalty which was given via var in the i think the instant started in the 93rd minute but yeah um so this is just a general question to both of you do you think jose actually got it spot on i think definitely did uh, i think uh I think the substitution where he took off Mancini was was the correct one, and I hope it sends sends a signal to Mancini to stop picking up silly yellow cards, um, you know, in unnecessary positions. I would really Stupid frustrate yellows. about that. Yeah. yeah, and it shouldn't come from someone you you have been promoting as, you know, a leader of the team, uh, you know, vice captain, etc., uh, etc. Et so, so, so that that's been disappointing. I hope he can get his uh, shit together uh, in that aspect. But yeah, the the subs were the substitutions were good, um, and uh, it was just the whole uh, the whole you know dynam you know how, how should you say it? the whole. Uh, you know the flair in which the team played. You know um, everything about the game. It was it was really good to see. Yeah, yeah James. What were your thoughts on Jose's setup and taking Mancini off? Was I think the right decision? I was calling for him to not go with a back three playing against ten men. You don't need that third centre half. You can 
bring on an extra attacker and create problems because Roma were looking for that goal. They got the goal in the end and they created so many chances, which we, we all three of us talked about those head and hands moment when Roma were missing chance after chance after chance. The one before Roma scored where it bounced about three times near the goal line and it didn't go in. But yeah, um, we cut a, a long question and a, tangent sure um do you think he got his tactics and his subs spot on i yes i would say so because um if you looked also at the the energy we played with you know and the speed with which we played we you know the rhythm we moved the ball very quickly and made it very difficult for Spezia, you know, pulled them out of position and made it very difficult for them to defend and also in addition to that we we looked very very Assured, you know, I mean, the, the, uh, the, say there was one counter-attack in the second half where Rui Patricio made a good save, but there weren't really any, okay, you could say, well, they didn't put, commit many players forward, but when they did get an opportunity, they didn't really look particularly threatening. So I think we, and I think Tammy Abraham mentioned that afterwards, you know, the midfield and the defence uh, kept, uh, you know, played very securely against what the, the, uh, the threat that, you know, if you can call it a threat that we faced. So, and about the substitutions, yeah, I think I actually thought it was a really uh, intelligent decision at half time to replace Mancini. I think, to be fair, as a Gianluca Mancini fan, I would say that some of his yellow cards are a bit soft. I think the one yesterday was soft. And um, so I think he's been a bit hard done by in some games. But um, I think it was the yeah it was definitely the right decision, and um, uh, also um, I mean Shemodorov didn't really do an awful lot. Uh, El Shawari looked quite lively when he came on. So I think overall, yeah, and I think it was more though. I'm not sure they were decisive. I think it was more the whole vibrancy, mm. put it like that, of the performance that ultimately made the difference you know and and also we have to say as well the real willpower and um and determination to you know uh to to get the get the win you know i mean that's probably if you were to say what made the difference between that being a draw in some of the some of the more lackluster performances we've seen the labored performances we've seen this season and that turned yesterday's game from a draw to a win, I would say more than anything, it was the the sheer willpower. You know, we we never lost that commitment to score that goal, you know, and um, that probably ultimately turned one point into three. Mm, totally agree. Totally, totally agree with that. Um, my final question about yesterday's performance, and this is another general question for the both of you. Um, how did you both feel about Nicholas Zaleski's performance? He was thrown in for his first start of the season, played as a, a what was it, a left midfielder first half in the 3-5 Two, three, four, three formation that Jose set up in the first half. Second half, he played as a left back, probably pushing up forward as a left midfielder. Um, he was taken off for Stefano Shawari right near the end. But how did you feel about Zaleski's performance? I thought he played pretty well. He looked more industrious in the second half, running forward. He created a lot of problems for the. Uh, the Spezia right back in the second half, but I, I was thoroughly impressed with him. Yeah, I, th- I thought he had a, a solid game. I think it was uh, 
tactically disciplined and um, you know kept it easy and I think that made it uh, that made it easy for him and as a result of that he had a good game uh, so I, I was happy with his performance and I was very surprised that he was giving the nod uh, in that position but I think he he, he he did a very good job considering oh he did a good job considering the circumstances and yeah and everything so happy with his performance yeah uh, me and sebastian were talking about it last week we said we were um optimistic about some of the primavera players that were featured this season that we said don't throw them all in at the same time because it'd just be that'd be a bit kamikaze and you, you could throw them under the bus if they have all all players yeah. have a, a bad performance but you said just give one 60 65 minutes give a couple 10 15 minutes time time again but yeah i thought he played really well yesterday i think he looked energetic in the second half and playing against a team which was looking to frustrate and almost was mm, probably about 20 30 seconds away from doing it um james Uh, oh sorry sorry man didn't mean to cut you off no, I, I agree with you about uh, the, the the point about youngsters because you you need to keep these youngsters on their toes. Oh, of course, yeah. If 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 they, you can see it a bit with Felix that he he he, he didn't have the, the same energy that he had in the beginning because in the beginning you come out with a different kind of enthusiasm, different passion, determination because you feel that this is your moment uh, and and this is your moment to prove that uh, <laughs> you know uh, that you can make it so you're more eager to try things you're more eager to prove yourself and uh, when you've played f- uh, four or five games that uh, that thing kind of disappears and you you go into the next level or next phase where you where you have to start delivering and there will be expectations uh uh, from the supporters, from the media, uh, and everyone. So you have to, you, you have to deliver in that aspect as well. And if you don't, it can become uh, a bit difficult. So I think, um, I think it was, it's probably good for Felix that he he wasn't available yesterday. Mm-hmm. Probably needs needs red not to throw them uh, into action too too sudden if it's too sudden for them because it, mentally it can be a bit tough for them it can psychologically be you know create a barrier which will be you know difficult for them to cross if it too many expectations they become frustrated if they, if they can't deliver you know in the same way that they did in the beginning so uh, you need to be very you need to handle it with care especially the youngsters and let's say Zaleski now um, good job and now you have to I think he deserves to go back to the bench because uh, it will be a difficult and tough game against Atalanta and I don't think it's the ideal game for him to play but he will he will get uh, more chances so so I agree with you guys what you said I think he could be penciled in maybe for the Udinese game would you agree with that? Yeah, I would give him some minutes, but um, I wouldn't necessarily start him. No, of course, yeah. Uh, But but yeah, Uh, if we keep doing what we have done, I think, uh, you know, giving them some minutes here and there so they get the taste of first-team football, uh, but still not, you know, uh, having too much responsibility then I think they can 
they could improve uh, because it, it needs to be a mix of everything, not too uh, you know too high expectations. It could be difficult, uh, and uh, it shouldn't be too easy, you know, because Primavera is uh, the level is probably probably too easy for them because yeah. they're, they're dominating like you know a few clubs have done so i think we need just need to find a balance and this is this is something that uh, alex ferguson was very good at uh, you know introducing youngster because he knew he, he first of all he was very good at uh, taking care of them because he was very very close to them you know giving them feedbacks and supporting them and then on the other hand he he knew exactly how to integrate them into the first team how to make them ready for first team football and because we know that the gap from primavera to serie a or first team football in general is very big uh, you're basically playing with uh, kids football. kids what do you call it kids football but youth team football youth team football because you're playing with the people and you say man you don't play mm. with the cynical defenders uh, experienced players, you know, who 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 will treat treat you in a way you will not be treated in, in the big games. You know, you just see, uh, you know, Chiellini against uh, Saka in the, the Euro final. Yeah, exactly. These are the things that you only get to see at that level. Yeah. These things don't happen in, in Primavera football. So, uh, so you need to slowly uh, accommodate them into that level, let them taste the football, but don't give them too much of it because it can be too much for them as well. So uh, a balance there, definitely. Yeah, completely agree. Me and Sebastian talked at length about that last week and we came to the conclusion that's pretty much the right idea to do it. It's just give them minutes when the game is probably won or to throw in an impression on at the end. But yeah, um, uh, James, just the final point of, on yesterday's performance, what were your thoughts on Zaleski? Do you echo what me and Imran are, th- uh, are thinking? And I've said, um, he, uh, uh, quite an impressive first team out in first yeah, uh, debut yeah. first team out in, sorry. Yes, I think that's a lovely way of putting it. I think it's it was a quite impressive performance. Um, not as sort of wasn't necessarily a stellar um, uh, performance, but he definitely looked competent. He looked uh, technically accomplished, athletic. Okay, he got muscled off the ball in the second half that yeah. led to the best uh, chance. The best chance, yeah, uh, yeah. But nevertheless, um, yeah. Overall, I think it was, uh, you know, uh, um an admirable uh uh Serie A starting debut and um certainly a player one of the several primavera players that appear to have um you know potentially a first team you know a future in the first team and uh i think it's a good point very much a good point uh, well made about you know because uh, some of these players come came it come in we saw Bove you know against G- Genoa they, they looked turbocharged you know for those initial games and then sustaining that mm. is obviously the uh, just like, like it is for all players you know sustaining good periods of form is is uh, difficult in such a competitive uh, environment so um, using these players uh, to get the most out of them and and helping them with their development because they're still of course very much work you know work in progress is um is is the crucial thing so uh yeah i I was encouraged after that yesterday i think that's a good segue to end the the chat on yesterday's performance guys should we talk about the conference league draw 
Um, I think there's some really good ties in the uh, the whole competition, actually. So, um, Romer have been drawn against Dutch side for Tess Arnhem, um, as me and James and Imran were talking off pod. One of four Dutch teams in this uh, conference league. So it's Marseille, Basel, Leicester, Ren, Pauk, Ghent, Vitesse, Roma, sorry, Vitesse Arnhem, Roma, uh, PSV, Copenhagen, Slavia, Praha, Lask, uh, Imran, one of Imran's favourite teams, Bodo Klimt versus Azad Alkmaar, and Partizan, Belgrade versus Feyenoord. Um, Imran, you have some intel on Vitesse Arnhem because one of your colleagues supports Ajax. And we had him on the podcast as Ajax played Roma in the Europa League last season. Um, Yoav is uh, a big Ajax fan. And we won't talk about how Ajax got on at the weekend. Uh, they lost 2-1 to go ahead, Eagles. Um, what was his thoughts on um, Vitesse Arnhem? Oh, I, speak, I spoke briefly to him after the draw on Friday. Uh, and uh, he said that uh, it's a very physical team. They they have the worst disciplinary record in Eredivisie and um, have some youngsters that were part of the Ajax uh, youth um, team and um, very good players, uh, very physical players. So I think... Uh, he said that you can expect um, a very physical team that will go all in uh, in the challenges and it can get a bit physical. And it reminds me of, uh, it takes me back to the game against Feyenoord uh, and uh, I think it was Rudy Garcia uh, where it got very physical um, at one point uh, uh, in one of those clashes, and uh, I think it will be uh, a bit similar because Ajax they are a bit different. They play more technical football, but uh, Dutch sides are you know generally very uh, very good technically, but also physical. So I think um, yeah. So the the summary is that it will be against a very physical team, but I think quality wise, it's uh, it's obvious that we are better than them. We could have got gotten a draw with uh, could have been potentially far more difficult so um, it's not like we should uh, uh, be fearing uh, uh, playing Vites but uh, but yeah it will be interesting games but I, th- I think it's obvious that we are favorites and that we should win uh, so there shouldn't be any excuses if you want to win the competition you should beat teams like that I love your confidence, by the way. Um, Vitesse, Vitesse Arnhem are sixth in the Dutch Eredivisie. They have 40 points from 24 games. They are a whopping 17, behind, 17 points behind league leaders Ajax, who are two points, behind, uh, two points ahead of PSV uh, in second. So they've got an absolute title race going on in Holland. But um, as myself and James said on in the pre-pod that Vitesse actually won at the weekend. They won 4-1 against NEC Nijmegen. Um, if I can get the result up here quickly as p- possible. 4-1, uh, right? Yeah, 4-1. Uh, and I think that was their first win since... Sorry, I'm just going through their transfer mark page. Yeah, they went for a bit of a wobble in January. Uh, they lost to Groningen, uh, SC20 and PSV Eindhoven. They lost to PSV Eindhoven at home 5-0. And the, the last two results they picked up were against FC Dutrecht. They won. Uh, they drew 1-0 and they beat NEC Nijmegen 4-1. 
and they got uh so i'm just got the goal scorers there thomas bootnick dominic orios got two uh and danny danny leo Dwecky. I apologise if I've absolutely botched it. He's the, he's the cub captain in the centre-half and he, he got the opener. But in the uh, the Conference League, uh, they got past Rapid Vienna. In the um, Overall, they, they lost the first leg 2-1 in, in Vienna and then won the second leg 2-0 at home. So, uh, I think, uh, James, we said we were 60% positive. Yeah, it's, it's a kind of a team that I think... Yeah. To be fair, like if you think of the overall run in the competition we've had, Trabzonspor, who are top the last Turkey, time I looked yeah. in the Super League in Turkey, they were probably the most difficult club we could have drawn in the playoff round back in August to get into the group stage. And that proved a difficult. I mean, we just played both legs very well. but um, And it proved to be difficult opposition. And um, then we had you know, a more straightforward opposition in the group stage. <laughs> I know it sounds a bit strange to say that after that result in Norway, but, but, um, and, and of course, Bodo Glimt have shown, you know, in this playoff round, they, this against, um, Ranger, uh, Celtic, sorry, Celtic big upon, they, uh, you know, they won both legs and they played very well, you know, from what I saw, the highlights I saw and, uh, to thoroughly deserve a, to, to, to go through. So, uh, um, so now we play a team in, you know, by jumping that playoff round, playing the last 16. I think this is the sort of team in this competition that you would expect to play, you know, a team that, uh, of that quality, you know, that you would expect to beat, but that will be some, you know, quite ch- fairly challenging. But so, um, overall, uh, you know, we can look forward with confidence, but, we know we have to perform, and if we don't, then you know could be looking at a, a disappointing exit if we don't perform. So, but I think ultimately the qualification probably rests on us over the uh, you know the two games. Yeah, agree. Um, we said off pod. Thankfully, the second leg is at home. If they can get something in in Arnhem, that's great because. Remember, in European competitions this season, away goals don't count. So, yeah, if they can get a result in Arnhem and then do something at the Olympico a week later, they, that'd be grand. Just, just to uh, wanted to say, because we also talked off pod there, there is some tasty ties in, in the uh, in the Conference League. Also, Leicester Wren, and we said off pod that a big team will go out in this round. And I think either Leicester, because both teams were clashing off against each other. Marseille Basel is an absolute mm. corker and also partisan Feyenoord. And then you've got Bode Glimdays out out more. I think Imran, you'll have a, a, a watching interest on that tie. Yes, always. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be interesting. Yeah, I, do you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if Bodo Glimp get a result against Adal Atmar. Um, but yeah. Yes, yeah. I think it will be a very interesting game because Bodo Glimp, like we said uh, around when we, you know, analyze that team ahead of the Roman games, they play progressive football and the way they knocked out Celtic, it was very convincing and they they play the type of football that, you know, gets the best out of the players. And, um, 
you know, they it's very obvious that they built a system which gets the best out of the players, and uh, and I think if they continue to stick to those ideas, and I see no reason why they shouldn't, I think that they could overcome as a Talkmar. Although you know, uh, Alkmar is a good team, uh, but also one point on what James said about Trabzonspor. I think generally Trabzonspor, yes, potentially because they're running the you know just. Strolling through the Turkish league, I think they're leading by 16, 17 points. 16, 16 points. I was just about to bring that up. Yeah, 16 yeah. points clear of Konyaspor. Yeah, so they will win that league. Uh, but Turkish sides are tactically uh, inferior to other European clubs, despite their quality. And that's why in recent years, despite having good squads, uh, experienced players who have played in you know, your, 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 your best leagues, etc., etc., they, they have not been able to, uh, to have a good uh, tactical balance. So that's why they have not uh, been up there in European football lately. Uh, and uh, while as for Dutch teams, they, I think they are... Uh, a bit better tactically so uh, the teams could be the, the, the matches could be interesting but if we want to win that league you have to win those games against those mm. teams if not then you don't deserve to, to you don't deserve to win the competition mm. so I'm not saying I'm confident I'm just saying I'm just trying to state obvious that uh, it's a team you should beat comfortably over two legs uh, for if you want to if you want to be where you want to be, or if you want to have ambitions uh, uh, that go beyond, uh, you know, playing in the Europe uh, Conference League every year, then I think, yeah, definitely. Agreed. Um, my last point is: who ever thought, who ever thought that Bruno Perez could be a league winner after leaving Rome? Could you ever think of that? Oh, yeah, yeah I, I mean, if you send him to some, you know, some weak league or poor league, then of course you can. But uh, yeah, it's it's a bit uh, even for Trabzonspor because it was, I don't think anyone would have expected that they would win no. the league, yeah. and especially not that comfortably because you know, I think ahead uh, of this season, Besiktas were the they were the favorites because they. Brought in some quality players. They brought in Pjanic last minute, uh, so they they've been playing well. But uh, they they should have been playing better than they have. Uh, and you know, Galatasaray, Fenerbahce, Besiktas, all of them flopping in the same season. That gave <laughs> that gave uh, Trabzonspor a big advantage. But I, apart from that, they've looked. Uh, they've just looked too solid. They've just lost mm. one league game this season and yeah scary isn't it um guys we just head off to listeners questions we've got two uh one is actually from our producer sam he's actually sent it to our whatsapp group and i've got it here just bear with me for a second dead air um he says how in the world couldn't we score against the 10-man spezia more of seleski on the left or defensively not ready Oh, how would it score? I think, uh, we, like we said, uh, 
unlucky. I don't know. Unlucky. We were unfortunate. Uh, and because, the goalkeeper as well. Don't forget. Yeah, yeah it was. He Brilliant. was. He was challenging his inner Sorrentino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's a blast from the past. <laughs> yeah, Sorrentino. Oh, don't say another was, one of them. <laughs> uh, Sorrentino. I mean, he was always up there. Uh, yeah. You know, showed up, had his best game Kiev, ever. Kiev player, my legend. Yeah, for Kiev, especially, and then also later for Palermo. But yeah, the goalkeeper had a very good. He had a game of his life uh, until you know the penalty, which he couldn't do anything about. That's one point. But I think you know, like we said, we dominated and we created a lot of chances. Should have scored. So yeah. But uh, the last question uh, was it about Zalewski that he? Uh, uh, More of Zalewski on the left or defensively not ready. No, not ready. I would say not ready. Not consistently. Any, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I think it was uh, it was a temporary solution. Yeah, because they just wanted to get him into the eleven. Uh, Maltese Roman Romanista, we're cons- we're consistently struggling when using a back three and always shifting to a back four mid game. You guys are in agreement that we should just scrap the three four one two slash three five two for for the four two three one four three three. Also. Is it worrying that Pinto slash Mourinho find Mancini as a player to build around when he's arguably our worst centre back? So two questions rolled into one. Well, I'm something of a Gianluca Mancini fan. I yes, say he's yeah. our worst uh, <laughs> central defender. You know, um, and you know he is an Italy international. True. And I think had it not, you know, certain circumstances have sort of uh, stalled his progress with playing for it. Uh, for Italy, and um, I think I think he's also been affected by the. You know, it's not only him that's had a lot of disciplinary problems this season. It's we've taken a, yeah, sorry, it's Roma in general. Yes, it, it is, and we've had a lot of yellow cards and um, and and a lot of you know uh, arguments. And I was interested actually to hear Pellegrini say the other day about you know now enough with the officials, you know, um, no more alibis and uh, we have to look at ourselves. Um, So I think Gianluca Mancini is, uh, you know, and and I remember last season, I can remember stretches when he was in really good form and he looked so secure, you know, and um, so um, I certainly uh, hope that he has a future in our defence and um, I, I wouldn't call him our worst defender. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't agree with that, but would you? Could you see him playing as a defensive midfielder? We, me, and Sebastian talked about this last week. He played. He did play in that role. Yeah, he did. Pound for Saka. Yeah, against Clubback. Yeah, and yeah. a few other no, games. Not particularly. I, no, I wouldn't he, like to see. I mean, in an emergency, okay, but in an emergency, like in a stopper role, and like a like to someone to break down a team and. Uh, as I'm going to say it, to be shithousery, because that's the sort of type of his role, I think. Um, what about the tactical setup? Do you think, Joe, uh, we've talked tooth and nail to this. Do you think he should just completely drop the back three and go to a four? It worked yesterday so well. I know it's a, it's against a team who were playing with nine men behind the ball and Anzola up top on his own fighting for scraps, but should we just scrap the back three? And probably um, use and probably use it in sparingly against teams who like to have possession of the ball. Yeah, I'm, I don't really have a 
definitive opinion about it i mean it might be you know you might be onto something when you say you know it's horses for courses mm. you know if it, it might be more suitable against certain opponents and others but the important thing for me the crucial thing is getting the selection right and the way as imran was talking about at the start the way the team plays you know uh playing with um a high tempo fast rhythm and making it difficult for the opposition you know stretching them and uh using our quality and i think if we see more of that on a consistent basis then we can hopefully see some progression totally agree with you uh imran your thoughts on maltese romanese's question uh, question sorry plural not singular <laughs> i think uh uh the three man defense it has given us defensive stability uh, i don't think we're quite ready to move away from it yet i i don't think that we should have played with it against genoa sassuolo on this side but uh, i think it could be an option against atalanta we need to keep it tight behind mm-hmm. there so that, that that could be an option i think it could be an op- option against some side but uh, when you're playing against um, w- you know weaker opponents then you should be able to dominate and play in a different style different formation uh, so probably not the formation in itself like we said i think it's more about the setup the way the team plays uh, formation is uh, is a tool to make you play the way you want to do and uh, it shouldn't be that much of a difference but it it can be adapt- adapted to your opposition but against atalanta i can understand it but yeah. uh, against weaker opponent then i think we should be playing with a 4-2-3-1 uh, and play uh, on the much front more foot. aggressive yeah. yeah on the front foot to attack and yeah like we did yesterday yeah agreed um that was the end of listeners questions thank you to both maltese maltese romanista and our very own sam rubio for the questions um guys uh do you have any anything else to talk about Oh, no, I think we pretty much covered everything. I was just going to briefly say about Morgan DeSantis. He's left Roma. Um, that came out a couple of hours ago. Um, I think he's looking to do something else in the future. Um, he's been at the club, was it since 2013? When he signed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he came from Napoli. Yeah, yeah. great guy. I mean, uh, wasn't too enthusiastic when he came because I didn't think he, I, well, I didn't expect him to have the impact that he had. I thought mm-hmm. it was more like a backup, but he he, he came as a 36 year old, had a you know two or three really good seasons, uh, a really a really nice guy, uh, gentleman, um, did a very good job as a general manager, and um, uh, and uh, yeah, so I wish him all the best wherever he goes yeah this is um he had a was it a car accident a couple of years ago where he had to have um was it emergency surgery i was i think did he rupture his spleen i think that was Could have been. Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't remember the details yeah. but i remember yeah it, it was it was unfortunate he had another accident. yeah um yeah um good luck in the future morgan since you came at a, um a pretty much a tricky time for roma we're going through uh, another rebuild <laughs> um another what was it? Two that summer, two thousand thirteen. So it was the start of the Rudy Garcia 
uh, era for three mm. for three years, where he came in, did a, a, a wonderful job. Roma finished second in in his first season. He was a, a very dependable goalkeeper. Never, I don't think he ever let Roma down. I, I was going to say, apart from the seven one against Bayern, I think he was the goalkeeper. But against that Bayern team under Pep, no one could be to could get lay a glove on that side but no very very dependable goalkeeper did an absolute wonderful job for Roma and just wish him all the best in his future endeavours guys I think we pretty much wrapped a bow on this podcast we went not close as as we've done in previous podcasts we I think it was an hour and 35 minutes one week me and Sebastian went bang on an hour this week we've gone almost 50 minutes um you can follow us at lemagicast.com you find all our previous podcasts on that platform uh you can find us on uh all the podcast platforms so, so spotify podbean tune in uh apple Podcasts, and if i've got any others i apologize uh james imran thank you very much for taking up your time on a monday evening to talk about as roma thank, thank you, you. Uh, guys, um, uh, we hopefully might have a podcast out during the week uh, to talk about Atalanta, a game against Roma. I have asked someone to to come on and preview the game. He's an Atalanta fan. Hopefully that is in the works. And uh, we will probably have a podcast out next weekend pre- uh, reviewing the game and probably pre- previewing the game against Vitas Arnhem. So, yeah, that we've got a couple of podcasts coming out, hopefully in the next week or so. Um, thank you once again for joining me, James and Imran. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk for almost 50 minutes about Roma winning. It's even sweeter... <laughs> when you score a 99th minute penalty dominating the game and then your rivals absolutely cock it up against Napoli and lose in the last minute. It's even beautiful and it's just uh, the cherry on top. Yeah, that you play well. (laughs) Also, uh, thank you very much, guys, um, for Saroma. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao.